Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hey, a little bit of breaking news here. Um, the uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to one of the more compelling 13-second pieces of audio from the weekend in just a second. Jason Kelsey is retiring not travis kelsey not mr taylor swift his brother is retiring the center for the philadelphia eagles six-time all pro future hall of fame center this is adam schefter saying that told his eagles teammates in monday night's post-game locker room that he is in fact retiring per league sources if you watch that game all the way to the end um it was a blowout 32 to 9 the final score and in the last minute or two of the game seth they were Zoomed in on Jason Kelsey, a very emotional Jason Kelsey. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, had t- he you could tell, like, he still had his helmet on. Yeah. You could look and you could see, like, okay, he's been crying or he's about to cry. Oh, really? And then he started to take his helmet off and then he put yeah. it back on. Then he went over to your former coach. Jeff Stoutland. Jeff Stoutland and the went over and put his coach. offensive yeah. line coach for the Eagles, who you coached at Cornell when you were there. Yeah. And he kind of, Jason Kelsey kind of put his arm around him and, like, leaned in and just started talking to him in what appeared to be a very emotional scene. Maybe so if they had been the crying tell. the entire game, they would have uh, done something to me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. He Maybe might've... he was crying because Vita Vea landed on him on that tush push. They, uh, that just... was where, boy, Dude. you know things aren't going your way when there's a you've got a, uh, a basically as close to a chip in for a tush push ever after a penalty on the two point conversion. They decide to or on the conversion attempt, they decide to go for it with the tush push and just got stuck. I hate the tush push. I hate that it's called the tush push. Yeah, I don't like that name. I hate the play. I hate when it's called brotherly shove. I hate the play. Yeah. I, I just don't like it. I don't mind so brotherly I, shove. I like seeing it get stopped. I hate it. What do you figure? Do you like the tush push? I'm okay with it. I like the. I don't like the name. I like bro- brotherly push or whatever it brotherly was. Brotherly shove, yeah. The brotherly shove. You do I like, like that? that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay. More I was. I was pushing. actually happy that it got stopped. You I, were. Yeah, I was happy it got stopped. Me too. I they've just got don't like well. It. Tampa's got like between Vita Vea and like they've got three other guys that look like Vita, like the exact same Vita Vea body type. Hey, the Vita. only thing that has, I'm, that's why I'm glad Vita Vea wears fifty because it's hard to like. There was a ninety something in there that like turned around and tried to grab. It, it yeah. was a scrappy display by the Bucks defense stopping that tush push. Yeah, really push. When they stopped it, I'm like, oh man, how did they do that? And then the next shot is Vita Vea like strutting and going yeah, back to yeah. the sideline. Like, oh, oh yeah, like, that's oh, how yeah. they did it right yeah, there. That guy. That's, that's the moment Jason Kelsey said, you know what? That's a wrap. <laughs> It's a young man's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he started crying. Well, probably at the same time, too, if you're an Eagles fan, you got to also love seeing not just Vita Vea in stopping the tush push, but Vita Vea at various times dropping off into coverage because your quarterback (laughs) is lost and helpless if if there's too many people dropping back. It's not his fault. They don't know what they're – they lost – bad news for last night for Texans fans, or I guess uh, not bad news necessarily, but something to keep an eye on. It's just very simply – Obviously, Shane Steichen was one of the keys to that offense. Yeah. And last year, Nick Sirianni was calling plays for the first few games of the season, and they decided to switch to Shane Steichen, and everything took off at that point. Yeah. Um. So, like, like Shane Steichen is he knows what he's doing. That's he got the angle. very best out of Gardner Minshew yeah. this year. Yep. The only thing I mean, like, I I think Anthony Richardson is not meant for 
durability in this league. So that part of it I don't worry about is if they end up getting a a, a quarterback that can can run like Anthony Rich, well, even close to Anthony Richardson, but is durable. They may need, yeah, they, you're right. They may need, still need to find their quarterback of the future. Yeah. Um, was D'Amico Ryan's to Houston a known thing already? This this bit of audio made the rounds over the weekend. This is the final game of 2022. If you recall, J.J. Watt's last game as a pro was at San Francisco. That was a big deal. Yeah. Like the San Francisco fans gave J.J. Watt a standing ovation walking off the field. Big sign of respect. And on the field after the game, D'Amico Ryans, who was the D.C. of San Francisco at the time, had just coached in his last game as a 49er coordinator, uh, as it turned out, um, came and found J.J. Watt on the field after the game. The two exchanged an embrace, and here is what it sounded like. Oh, how are you, Pat? Hey. Congrats, baby. Oh, thank Congrats you, on a great career, man. All right? You're the best, baby. You're the best. Go make Houston yeah. great again. We'll do it. Go make Houston great again. <laughs> yeah, we'll I love you, brother. I, I appreciate you. Too, man. Thank you, man. Go make Houston great again. He said, yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. Yeah, I will. <laughs> well, we know, we know that D'Amico told Nick and Cal that this is where I want to be. Like, that part right. is, it, it, it's funny. I still, every now and then, I, like, who was it? Someone, one of the national commentators the other day was like recapping the Texans offense and saying like many teams had passed Amico Ryan's over. He could only get a job with the Texans and look at what he's done now. I'm like, what the hell? How the hell are you just saying that? Like completely still out, out of your ass. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so we knew that D'Amico really did want to come back here specifically. Um, at that point, what do you, do you that think, was on the field after you think, week, se- week 17, right, week 18. Right, 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 yeah. right. Do you think that J.J. knew anything, or do you think he was just putting it – he wanted to be sure he was uh, planting the seed? This is a big question. Yeah. Is there a group text that both J.J. Watt and D'Amico Ryans are on with a bunch of former Texans players? <laughs> right, where it had been floated around like, um, Cap, you got to come back here, man. you got to come back no, here. No, because, I mean, for one, like J.J. and – Nico weren't super close or anything. Yeah. That was they only spent one year together. JJ's rookie year, um, but I think that was JJ. Uh, that was JJ just kind of encouraging. Yeah, putting okay. it out there like, hey, why don't you go do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. D'Amico's like, okay. It's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? He was even thinking. He I was actually thinking about retiring. <laughs> yeah. But you know, now that you mention it, yeah, I think I'll go take that head coaching job. Um, I just thought it was interesting. It was just so matter of fact. Like you know, JJ like. JJ, go make Houston great again, man. Like there was conversations that were had. Um, I know D'Amico and uh, D'Amico and Jimmy Ward. You know that was another. You know, like uh, Jimmy Ward knew. He, I think Jimmy Ward knew that he wasn't gonna be in San Francisco. Like so wherever D'Amico goes, because he and Kyle Shanahan had kind of butted heads, and oh, he, yeah? he got a yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Ward, and not, I don't know if like Jimmy Ward's been open about it. It wasn't anything scandalous or anything, but they'd kind of butted heads a little bit. And I think that Jimmy Ward like knew that there was a good chance that he was going to have to find employment elsewhere. Yeah. So I think he, he kind of hitched himself to, to D'Amico. And then obviously Bobby Slowick hitched himself to D'Amico. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, right. That's right. That's right. All um, because of JJ. The yeah. important thing to remember here is that it's all because of JJ. I don't think JJ Watt gets enough credit. So let's Not give JJ Watt some credit. I'm tired of people ignoring his contributions. Yeah. 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 Um that's why they put him in the ring of honor cuz he got D'Amico Ryan's to come here to be the head coach. Yeah. Um so let's get to some leftovers from Cleveland. And actually this one is applicable to this week's game against Baltimore. One of the one of my keys for the game Seth was the interior for the Cleveland game was the interior of the Texans offensive line. And the whole offensive line played really well in that Cleveland game. Here was D'Amico Ryans on Juice Scruggs and the interior O-line. Yeah, really proud of Juice, man. You talk about a guy who's missed. He missed pretty much the entire season. And for him to come back at the time that he came back, we know it wasn't it wasn't all good with him coming back. You know, we knew there would be growing pains there. Uh, he played center all throughout training camp for us. And for him to come back and step in at the guard position, he had to get familiar with that that spot playing on the, at the left car but juices he's gotten better and we've seen him grow as he's been in there and yeah, he's gotten better each week which has helped our offensive line and their success 
it's been the play of all three of the interior guys, starting with Juice, also Shaq. It doesn't get a lot of uh, attention, but Shaq has been there since day one. Hasn't missed a snap. He's been there. It's fought through. It's been a tough year. He's He's been one of the, the staples for us up front. But, and also Dieter stepping in at center. So those interior three guys done a really good job for us. Yeah, I think ultimately Scruggs uh, is a center, and I still feel good about him as a center. I just don't – I. You know, I know, yes, he had all those challenges that he faced this year in adapting to it. Um, and maybe, like, maybe he could develop into a good guard. I just, I've I've seen him at center, and I like him better at center, way, way better at center than I do at guard. But for right now, for what they had to do this year, it was, it was really, really hard to make a go of it with the various offensive linemen that you had to shuffle in and out of there. So, I, it's kind of a... Like they did good under the circumstances, but it's it's got to be different next year, which we can worry about, you know, for six or seven or yeah, eight months after yeah. all this. I'm just worried about Saturday. Like the fact that they put that good game together against Cleveland makes me feel better. Justin Matabuike has been really, really good for the yeah. Ravens this year. Scruggs had 22 pass blocking snaps, didn't allow any pressures. Yeah, the on biggest Saturday. the biggest thing about the pass protection. Whenever you get frustrated with Bobby Slowick running the ball too much, or you know, with where you perceive some of the the conservatism is. Is a lot of it is, a lot of it isn't just setting up the play action. It's also getting as many bodies, uh, as cl- <laughs> it's getting as many bodies as possible between the defense and C.J. Stroud. So, like when you're running two tight end sets, when you're using a fullback, all of that, that helps out your interior offensive line. Um, you know, that's a, when you, if you wonder how come they're, how come they're using a tight end to help out Laramie Tunsil, it's because they're trying to slide everything over towards that interior offensive line. So it's, um, that's, that's like the give and take of it at some point. Yeah. You'd love to get the point where I just, I get really frustrated when I see people say like, let's CJ cook. I'm like, do you want to let CJ get concussed? Do you want to let CJ have to, uh, like basically be eating through a straw for the next seven weeks? The Texans don't have the offensive line right now to actually let CJ cook, chuck it around. Yeah. They plus yeah. they don't have the, they don't have the weaponry either. Like that's where I like, I get frustrated, honestly, that people don't really understand sometimes just what both CJ and Slowick are doing with the personnel that's around them. They've got serious limitations with a lot of this offensive personnel and, and, and like some of the games that they've had um, are more impressive than just the stat line would show. Yeah. It's interesting because you're right. They they have limitations, yet CJ is like one of the, you know, like he is one of the hot things around the league right yeah. now. And the reason I bring that up is every literally every analyst on the set for the NFL Network picked the Browns this week. And I'm looking at a graphic somebody showed me or a screen grab somebody showed me of the pregame show with Michael Irvin and Mariucci and Kurt Warner, Rich Eisen. There's six of them that make picks. Everybody picked the Browns. Which is a really like like empirically that's a really well, weird thing like for the for a panel of six people to be unanimous about picking a team that's a two point favorite with Joe Flacco at that's going on the road that's right that's going yeah. on the road that like yeah. that's just really and now they're a nine and a half point underdog to the Baltimore Ravens like it, it's there's like a, there's a disconnect in the there's a disconnect it feels like in the the ethos of C.J. Stroud versus what people think this team is actually capable well, of. Well, I think a lot of it, though, too, is when you look at some of the names, the Browns the Browns just have more name-brand names outside of the quarterback situation. And even Joe Flacco. With Joe Flacco, I think it was too easy, given the run that he'd had at the end of the year. I think in people's minds, you just can't stop thinking about that Super Bowl run they had. And you feel like you irrationally feel like, oh, wow, yeah, he's just going to go on another one of those runs where it almost doesn't even matter. They forget that in that Super Bowl run, he also was not throwing interceptions, whereas in this lead up into this game, he was throwing interceptions. It was I I said before the game, I had said, well, he's going to turn into a pumpkin at some point. And then I realized, like, well, he actually already has turned into a pumpkin. He's just been lucky enough to be playing with a really good defense that can bail him out or he's gotten lucky in some of the situations. But it was more of a matter of just those the the pumpkin spoiling and souring, which it did in the Texans game. The other thing I think that people undercounted or or dismissed was they thought, oh, Miles Garrett. They, you know, in your mind, okay, Miles Garrett, huge name versus Texans, rookie quarterback, offensive line, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of ignored the fact that Laramie Tunsil has owned Miles Garrett. There was a for Laramie Tunsil has flat out owned Miles Garrett. And and Miles Garrett made the mistake of uh, he took the bait. 
I think I think he, I think he listened to people talking about how Laramie Tunsil has owned Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett, unlike last time he played the Texans, stayed right over Laramie Tunsil the entire time. Took very few snaps on the left side. Did not move around a lot the way he did the first time they played the Texans. CJ was crazy good in in various scenarios in that game versus pressure. Seven of eight for 118 yards. On play action, five of seven for a buck forty-six, and three to all three of his touchdown passes came on play action. One fifty-three point three rating against the blitz, five for five, hundred twenty-six yards, and a touchdown. A perfect passer rating against. That's been the story with him all year. If you blitz him, you do so at your own peril. Yeah, CJ Stroud. Yeah, that's the the one. Um, the one stat that was floating around a lot that people really latched onto was CJ's. Uh, CJ's performance versus man deep, uh, uh, versus man, man in man. zone yeah. uh, versus man in zone coverage, and that he was really really good versus zone and uh, really really bad versus man. Like I, that's where I get. There's so many teams. This is the problem with sports writers. Um, there's so many of them that really really want to be smart. Um, so they love starting to cite stats like that and everything without thinking a single moment about any of it and what it means. Because the the other op- the other thing you have is that CJ has been very good versus the blitz, um, and like which is a, a higher degree of difficulty in facing man coverage, and he's been very good against it. I think sometimes you gotta you gotta look to, and look down into those stats a little bit and see okay, well which which actual defenses were playing more man or zone um, versus and what point in the season was it. And all of the rest of it, because sometimes it's just a matchup thing. Sometimes it's a CJ actually grew throughout the season. And I wasn't concerned about that aspect of it one bit because we've seen CJ make plenty of really nice throws versus versus tight man coverage where guys weren't open at all. Um, It just hasn't been something that I've thought of as a, a clear and present problem the entire season. You look at it from from week to week and how it all played out. Sure. The season stats work that way, but like otherwise that's like a bill Barnwell, stupid thing. You look at a bunch of, it's the same thing that plagues basketball right now. People look at like regular season stats cumulatively and think that has anything to do with how it's going to, uh, how, how you're going to play versus the damn Spurs in game six. Yeah. Damn it. Um, our Odyssey NFL insider, Ross Tucker is going to join us next. Ross is going to be on the call on Westwood one for the Texans and the Ravens on Saturday. So we'll get Ross's thoughts on the Texans as one of the last eight teams standing. He joins us next. Stay there. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, let's uh, let's go to the hotline. The uh, wild card round of the playoffs are over. Tampa Bay beats Philly last night. Buffalo beats Pittsburgh during the day yesterday. 
Texans will face the Ravens in Baltimore, 3.30 on Saturday. A game that you can hear right here on Sports Radio 610. Um, of course, we'll have Mark Vandermeer and Andre Ware on the call, but on the call nationally will be our next guest, our Odyssey NFL insider, Ross Tucker. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice, Men Have Skin too. Ross, good to talk to you. How excited are you to be on Baltimore versus Houston this weekend? Extremely excited. Great to talk with you guys. Um, extremely excited for multiple reasons. First of all, little known fact, where I live in Pennsylvania, the Ravens are actually the closest team to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably like an hour 40 to Philly. The Ravens are just like an hour due south. I'm I'm close to the Maryland line in central Pennsylvania. So for me, you know, it's funny, little inside baseball for the uh, everybody driving to work right now. As a broadcaster, you, you know, you get paid per game, right? So I would much rather just drive down to Baltimore, do the game, drive back, then fly out to San Francisco and then take the yeah. red eye back or whatever, be out there for three days. It's the same rate. <laughs> it's the same money. So I'm thrilled from that perspective. And then I'm excited to see the Texans. I've already done a Ravens game this year. And I know the Ravens pretty well. I actually did one of their preseason games as well when they played the Eagles. But I am really, really excited to see C.J. Stroud in person. And what's really cool is, you know, if I do the second game, I typically don't spend as much time down on the field before the game because I've got to watch in the first one. But since it's the first game Saturday, man, I'll be out on the field for an hour before the game, talking with coaches and players. And that's cool. I'm looking forward to talking with a bunch of Ravens and Texans players and coaches and seeing what C.J. Stroud looks like in person. I'm, I'm like, shocked. You know, I thought it was hyperbole when I see people tweeting and stuff that he's the best rookie quarterback ever. And then, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. But then I started to think, like, okay, well, like, who, which rookie quarterbacks have been better than him? I remember, like, Matt Ryan having a good year. I think Cam did some good things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this or there's some list out oh, there. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Justin Herbert. He's definitely Andrew, up there. Yeah, Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert. We know all the names because it's, it's been a weekly thing since about the middle of the season. Ever since that Tampa Bay game where he threw for 470 yards, five touchdowns, and had the comeback in the last minute, it's every week it's some, some new accolade with C.J. Stroud. It's been amazing. Well, and I guess the big- yeah, I mean, I do remember Flacco and Sanchez, I think, got to AFC championship games as rookies, yep. but they didn't play nearly as well as Stroud is. I mean, they, that was like a deal where they, uh, you know, they were on really good teams that were led by their defenses, and they just kind of didn't screw it up. Same as uh, Big Ben as a rookie, too. Right. And a lot, yeah, a lot of people kind of in their minds remember a lot of those great rookie quarterback performances they remember him as rookie performance when they're actually second year performances you know like tom brady as well um so yeah he was the he was the youngest that that was the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff playoff game in that so um yeah like it so that that part's really cool i guess the the big question is this ravens team in general this ravens defense i i told sean earlier I kind of felt like this this Ravens team has weirdly been almost underheralded despite being so good and so dominant in so many ways. I like just just how good are put it in perspective where you know they're third all-time DVOA for whatever that's worth and yet it, like Lamar Jackson hasn't had a phenomenal statistical year necessarily and yet has been very 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 good. So what is like what's the character of this Ravens team? Well, let's start with the defense. Uh, they might have the best D coordinator in the league. He is really, really good. Whereas I felt like the Browns, a lot of that was um, physical ability in Cleveland and Miles Garrett and some of the players they had, Denzel Ward. You look at Baltimore and schematically, it feels like they're ahead of everybody they play. I mean, the production that he's gotten from guys, you know, th- this might be the best year, and I know you guys don't want to hear this, this might be the best year that Davion Clowney's ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's been unbelievable this year. And I, I, you know, I've always wondered, he's such a freak athlete, I've always wondered 
why he hasn't been able to put it all together, he kind of did this year, which is, is nuts to me at his age and as long as he's been in the league. The production that they've gotten from Clowney and Van Noy is just crazy. I mean, just really surprising. Then they got a D-tackle who's about to get paid, paid in Justin Matabike. So they get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, a lot. They might have the best pair of off-the-ball backers in the league in Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. And then, you know, they've got some really good players in the secondary, including Kyle Hamilton, who I think was like a first-team All-Pro. He's 6'4", 210. He blitzes a lot. They'll put him in the nickel. He's kind of all over the place. Their D coordinator, if he doesn't get hired, then people just aren't looking to hire D coordinators because he's been fantastic. Offensively, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're great, but uh, with Lamar's legs and with the new offense under Todd Munkin, they've been able to, to do enough. But they're not like they won't blow. I don't think they'll blow you guys away offensively. You won't be like, holy crap, these guys are a juggernaut. I think the more impressive unit is really their defense, and it's kind of complementing the offense. You know what, Ross? Like with with Clowney, here's the thing: he's playing right now almost the exact same way, not quite as good as he did 2016 through 2018 with the Texans. The difference is people aren't really thinking of him as the number one overall draft pick anymore. Now he's like, oh wow, journeyman, find got a one year contract, and look at what he's coming and done. You look at those three years in Houston, he was like in the top five in tackles for a loss every year. He was getting nine sacks a year, but it just wasn't, it wasn't it, like he's always had this issue finishing the sack and win the pass rush and he can't finish the sack. So I think that like they've gotten the best version of Clowney, the closest to what he was in Houston during those good years since he's been gone from Houston. But yeah, like the Ravens were the exact team that I expected that to happen because they're just, what? They're, I'm curious, I'm just yeah. curious what like. When I say to Davion Clowney on Houston radio, do the people listening, like, do they groan? Do they have fond memories? Is, are they, like, indifferent? What's the – what's the you know, because this will be something good for me to say. I'll say this during the broadcast. Yeah. I, what, I, what's the perception of, of Texans fans as it relates to Clowney? I would say probably, like, as far as – he was a number one overall pick, so I think there's – a feeling like there's a bit of an empty feeling that they didn't get the most out of Clowney. But here's the thing. He was one of a handful of players who were directly in conflict with Bill O'Brien. Like, Bill O'Brien didn't want to pay Jadeveon Clowney. Bill O'Brien, I don't think, liked Jadeveon Clowney. And as a result, Bill O'Brien shipped out Jadeveon Clowney for a third-round pick. And so I think I, I think Clowney is is probably more of a sympathetic figure than you would think because of he was at odds with Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you know? and I, I, I had a, I had honestly, Sean – I would have a hard time like even saying that there's a consensus opinion about him because he's he's one of those topics where there's going to be a lot of people that want to show that they're in the know and actually Clowney was way better than you want to believe he is just because he didn't have sacks. So it's just Clowney was always complicated and he came in early and didn't produce early right away. He was banged up his rookie year and he was under the gun because he was a number one overall pick. So it was just always, very, it was a very complicated relationship with the Texans. You but know, he, it's funny. I forgot, Seth, I forgot. He only played in four games his rookie year. Yeah, he had yeah. microfracture surgery, Ross. Oh yeah, there are people that I'm, were I'm amazed he's, he's gonna, had this yeah. long of a career. And, and that's the problem. When you're the number one overall pick, and I don't remember who else he could have gotten in that draft, but when you're the number one overall pick, and then you only play in four games, it feels like in terms of public perception, people are already sort of disappointed. And then it's like an uphill battle, but he battled, you know, four and a half sacks, six sacks. And then, you know, he starts to get nine and a half, nine with three years in a row that he had at least 16 tackles for loss, made three straight pro bowls. Yeah. And then evidently he got traded. Um, but yes, knowing him a little bit and knowing Bill O'Brien a little bit, I I can I can see how that did not go um, all that well. But this year, it's uh, he tied his career high with nine and a half sacks yeah. at age thirty in year was it year ten? Yep. The biggest of the biggest thing, Ross, you said you didn't remember who was available. There's a reason you didn't remember who was available in terms of quarterbacks. That was like a Baker Mayfield Blake Bortles year. But it was uh, the biggest thing was that Khalil Mack went 
in the fifth pick. Johnny overall. Manziel is who you're thinking of. You Johnny see, Manziel, you, you yeah, what did I say? Yeah, uh, yeah, Johnny Manziel, same guy. Yeah. Um, except for the play, being in the playoffs part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Khalil Mack went several picks that later. That one. was the big uh, yeah. either-or situation. By the way, that before I forget, that might have been the sneaky thing about the Texans. Yeah, you guys should tell me, actually, a couple like sneaky Texans things that people nationally don't know that – I can say and sound smart. The one that jumped out to me, and I was in Kansas City Saturday night, but I was watching your game. And the one that jumped out to me is just the the D-line in general and the edge rushers, I think, are a lot better than people realize. I, mean, I thought that was a real key to the game. They destroyed. Now, those were backup tackles for the Browns, but the Browns couldn't block them, whether it was Barnett or Greenard or – Anderson, Browns could not block them. They've got a pretty good rotation there. And I feel like that has really been, and you correct me if I'm wrong, been a huge key for the defense is just they get pretty consistent pressure from the D-line. They they set a record, a team record for sacks in a season. Grenard has been a revelation this year until he hurt his ankle. He missed the last couple games of the regular season. Had a good game versus Ronnie Stanley in week one. In week one. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and you bring up Barnett's name, uh, Ross, and, I, and you cover the Eagles, so you're already familiar you know, on a week-to-week basis with Barnett. But he's been, he has been a godsend because they've been without Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard and both at times over the course of the last month of the season because of ankle injuries to both those guys. And Barnett's been awesome. He's he's been very consistent in in getting the quarterback on the ground and pressuring quarterbacks. And that was a waiver pickup by Nick Casario. Casario's had Casario has been very sneaky with the waiver wire over the second half of the season with some of his pickups with Barnett bringing Desmond King back uh, off of the street. Um, you know, signing you know Kareem Jackson he brought back off the waiver wire. So that's something. Like, if you're looking for something to mix into the broadcast, Casario is probably going to win executive of the year because of drafting Stroud, trading for Will Anderson, and signing all these really good free agents. But he's been great in season as well, making little tweaks and filling in little holes that have been created by injuries. That's a good point. And uh, people in Philadelphia are not happy that Barnett is playing this well for Houston. They're, like, stunned. I mean, he's playing better for you guys than he ever did in Philadelphia, which is not a good look for somebody. No. Are they going to fire Nick Sirianni? I don't know. I, I think there's a decent chance. I mean, I, I, it, it just it went so bad, guys. I mean, they were 10-1. and one. Every other team in the league had at least three losses. They were 10-1, and one, and, and not just 10-1, like they had beat the Dolphins. No, they beat the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Bills in a row. In a row. To get the 10 and one. Yeah. And then they they uh, had a short week, played the Niners after the overtime game against the Bills. The Bills have not lost since that game. And the Eagles, the only win they have since that game was the Tommy DeVito Christmas game against the Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I, I, I'm sure when I do Philly radio later today and tomorrow, they're going to be asking me, I can't think of another team like this that was pretty much universally considered the best team, had by far the best record, you know, coming off going to the Super Bowl where they had the best roster last year, they're 10-1, and one, and then to, to not even get 12 wins, to not win a playoff game, to lose six out of their seven, last seven, it was an absolutely epic collapse by the Eagles. And so I, I think the answer is that the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, does not mess around, and neither does the general manager, Howie Roseman. So Nick Sirianni better have some really good answers as to what happened and how he's going to fix it. That, that would be how I would describe it. And if they don't like his answers, I think that there's a decent chance there's a change, primarily because, man, there's some good coaches out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like – you could, especially with this roster being what it is, although there might be some transition with Kelsey and whatever, but, you know, whether it's like Belichick or Pete Carroll for a couple years, or maybe it's Vrabel. Maybe Vrabel's exactly what they need. You know, there's just some really good football coaches that are not usually available. Like, I mean, I, we did this on at Ross Tucker Pod on social media, but 
if you made a Mount Rushmore of football coaches in the 21st century, right, they, they all, three of the four moved on last week. I mean, it was Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. I'm talking college and NFL. Sure, sure. And then the last one, it's either Andy Reid or Urban Meyer, you know, for the last spot. Because um, I think Belichick and Saban for sure. And then for me, Pete Carroll winning two national championships at SC and going to two Super Bowls and winning one, he deserves to be up there. Yeah. So you, when you have two of those guys available, that's that's something. Well, and Harbaugh ain't far off either, and he's out there too. No, that's yeah. right. That's right. Harbaugh yeah. and Vrabel. No, you're right. You're right. I always knew that Andy Reid would be the late surge in all of that. Just look at him. <laughs> yeah. He's got he looks like he's got a he's got an extra reserve in the Absolutely. For, the, for the kick. Yeah. Absolutely. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus twenty four seven moisturization. That was our Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Ross, safe travels to uh, Baltimore. Look forward to hearing you on the game and uh, we'll talk again next week. I can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. I was stunned that they blew out the Browns like that, and uh, that's huge. Gives them some confidence going into Baltimore. No doubt. No doubt. We'll talk to you soon, Ross. See you guys. All right, take it easy. The uh, the great Ross Tucker joining us here. Grenard. He's got to get that down before. Oh, yeah, I was right? going to text him. Saturday. Greener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty common. Yeah, that's <laughs> a common get, one. He's yeah. got to get no that way that You would never look at that and think that it's Grenard. No, no, no. There's no, no way you would look at that and think, like, oh, yeah, that's a – that's a pronounce it as a single E. I don't blame I don't blame Ross for that one. Yeah. I don't blame Ross. Uh, all right, that was our Odyssey NFL, ins- NFL insider, Ross Tucker. All right, we have, we'll do headlines at the top of the hour, 8 at 8 o'clock. Um, Noah Brown to injured reserve. I know this feels like a guy who's just your fourth wide receiver going to injured reserve and on you move. There are multiple plays that if Noah Brown doesn't make them, I don't know if the Texans are in the playoffs. We're going to pay a little homage to Noah Brown in the next segment. That is hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Oh, there's a fun little factoid on the text page. Is this true? Every team that scored first this weekend won. Hmm. Texans scored first? Oh, yeah, they did. They kicked a field goal. They scored. Now they, they then trailed 7-3 to and 14-10, to but they did score first. I think scoring first would be a nice little godsend this weekend, as you pointed out. It would be a nice little godsend just for the, the one thing about the Ravens is for one like okay first of all as far as okay there were four games this weekend uh, and and three of them were pretty much like six uh six games this weekend excuse me um but for the most part there were a lot of just kind of bludgeonings 
I don't know, like, so the team that scored first doesn't feel like it was, like, the magical key to success or anything. It's just like, all right. There was there, there weren't a lot of actual good football games this weekend. No, They, they were fun You're to right. watch, and yeah. yet there weren't actually a lot of good football games. Like, the, the most streamed football game ever was not a great game. Six to seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. But as far as versus the Ravens, scoring first could matter just because the, the Ravens – in the vein of like trying to take a positive and turn it into a negative, they've uh, they've had leads almost the all the the entire time they've played this year. They've played from out front a lot. And what the old question about Lamar Jackson used to be was like, well, I don't know, like can can they win from behind? Can they score fast when they need to? I think that they can much more so than they used to, but they haven't necessarily been tested in that regard. So if you want to test that part of it, yeah, getting out to a lead would be nice and trying to, you know, being able to manage the game flow a little bit better than when you're trying to play behind versus like, ultimately it's not a Lamar Jackson thing. I don't think it's that the Ravens have a really good defense. And if you're playing from behind, it's going to be really, really tough to, to, to reel that back in and then score before the Ravens. Do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and yeah, the um, the Texans are going to be down one more weapon, I suppose. Noah Brown is going to the injured reserve. Um, I felt that was going to be the case as soon as he hit the ground on that throw that CJ. CJ kind of hung him out a little bit on that, on the play where he got hurt in the uh, Browns game. Yeah. Kind of threw it up for grabs in yeah. between a couple that defenders. That was the one scary, bad decision throw of the game. For, yeah. yeah. Or at least the, uh, the ball got away from him. I mean, he could have squeezed it in better, but I feel like that might have gotten Noah – if the ball had been a little bit more accurate, Noah Brown may have gotten murdered. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, it was uh, that. That was not fortunate. As soon as they said in the press box, Noah Brown is questionable with a shoulder. I'm like, his season's over. He already had like a hand, a back. Uh, he had like three injuries. They listed one on the injury report, but he had like three that he was dealing. What with. What was it for this one? This, this was a shoulder. The shoulder. This okay. was a shoulder. Yeah, it wasn't like 17 different internal organs or no, anything. No, it was just a shoulder. Okay. Yeah, shoulder was one of his few healthy body parts he had left. And then he heard it on Saturday. So this makes John Mechie a little more important to the cause on Saturday. Mechie's going to get more snaps. And Mechie, Mechie was pretty good on uh, Saturday against the Browns. Here's D'Amico Ryans yesterday on John Mechie. Yeah, Mechie has, uh, you know, with his season, I think Mechie has had a little up and downs throughout the season. Had some opportunities to make plays. And some moments he made them, some he didn't. But what a moment for him this past game, for him to come up with a couple big catches there, run after catch. Uh, really proud of him for all for his journey and all that he's been through and no one's been through it tougher than him and for him to show the resolve to continue to push continue to fight to get better at his craft day in and day out nobody works on their craft harder than Mechie and it was good to see the success come from it in our first playoff game so very happy I know our entire team was happy to see him make some plays for us to put us in position to score there. The thing where Mechie and, you know, if Xavier Hutchinson gets involved or or, or opportunities like that, um, where it was nice to see was that felt part of a game plan that was very much about stretching the field horizontally as well as vertically, like attacking every area of the field. It felt like one of the best performances the Texans have had along those lines. And and that's annoyingly why they had to keep talking about Bobby Sloak so much on the TV broadcast. Which uh, why I mean, were you annoyed by that? Because the drunken billionaires who are sitting at home with vacant head coaching jobs yeah. were hearing all that Bobby Sloak stuff, and they're like, I, I didn't get that feller on there. I yeah. just, get him in my offices, Jenkins. I, bring I, me Sloak. I got yeah. go the video conference like mm-hmm. the Jetsons do these days. <laughs> um, that's where I, I thought it was kind of the culmination of a lot of things that Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud have been working on this year. They were they were doing it to perfection at times versus a really good defense in the Browns. Yep. Yeah, Mechie was big on that first touchdown drive because you had Devin Singletary had that long run. Mechie had a block on the edge that helped spring him. And then the very next play, I, I think the very next play, was that 27-yarder kind of in that soft spot in the you know right behind the cornerback there where Mechie got both feet down for 27 yards. That was that was nice. Um as far as Noah Brown goes, I'm guessing this is probably the last we'll see of Noah Brown. He was one of the vets that was in here on a one-year deal. Ended up playing 10 games for the Texans. Had a couple really huge games in the middle of the season where he he had two games where he was over 150 yards midway through the season. You know what uh one of the more notable things about Noah Brown was in mini camps 
somebody he was he had the press availability somebody asked him specifically about Dak Prescott and asked some question like does he remind you of Dak Prescott at all about CJ yeah Yeah. so does CJ remind you of because Noah Brown played in Dallas for his first several years and like Noah Brown gave a very nice answer about CJ and said that yeah sure I think he could maybe he could be just as good as Dak Prescott maybe even better um and that got picked up and uh, 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 uh spewed out all over the place as a way to a uh, they made it look like Noah Brown was talking smack about Dak Prescott. And then they took that opportunity to like just heap on Noah Brown. Like, who the hell is this guy? Who does he think he is? I mean, he was just giving like a standard nice answer about his quarterback. Surprise you. And yet, and yet, <laughs> here we sit. I feel like we should go back and then uh, and then rechange the narrative again and act like, yeah, he definitely was talking smack. He knew that CJ was going to totally be better than Dak Prescott. Now it would be an insult <laughs> to compare CJ Stroud to Dak update. Prescott. Yeah. Update. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, update. Exactly. Update. Figgy. Exactly. Figgy's in for Ben today. We, yeah. well, not easy. Yeah, we... Figgies are uh, we we grabbed them from the midday show. We did, yeah. We told I I went in and I said, listen, Lopez, he's ours now. Right, all right, right you right. son of a bitch. I'm, yeah. I'm tired come of your macho him. head games. If you we've been him. trying to hire Figgy for years, right. and now he's ours. You want him? Come get him. <laughs> yeah. that's it. It's gonna be Figgy and Ben co-producers Dude, in the morning. It's gonna be Thunderdome at 9:55 today. We'll go back to remember. <laughs> well, actually, no. Figgy, I forgot. Figgy, it. like a wishbone in there. There was a period for a good chunk of time where Landry was producing and co-hosting the midday show, which yeah. was that's not easy to do. No, no, he looks like uh, it's yeah. hard to say. I actually did that recently. I want to say on Black Friday, it was me and Adam Filane. Yeah, so oh I was really? The producer and the, uh, the I guess the B chair. That's <laughs> so, a lot of spinning plates. You got to keep going. Where yeah, you're, yeah, it's a lot going on. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Noah Brown... Three huge plays for Noah Brown this season. 75, the first one, week nine, the Texans were struggling against Tampa Bay. And 75-yard touchdown, they got the offense going. I think it might have been first play of the second half. C.J. fakes the give. C.J. planting. And he throws downfield over the middle. And he's got a man, Brown, left side, 50, 40, left sideline. Full throttle, 20, 15, 10, 5, fighting for the goal line. And he's got it! Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. 75 yards. <laughs> full throttle. I like that full, full throttle, throttle thrown full in throttle. there. And that's about that's appropriate too. Clapping Dre in the background. Because he did. Right it there was too. it felt like it felt like somebody had twisted the twisted the knob on the motorcycle. Yep. Yep. And just got just giving it the gas. And there Top you go. Speed. Mm-hmm. Top speed. That's pretty good. Very next week. This was a huge one. I had this on one of my season saving plays for the Texans last week. This was Noah Brown in over or just before um, what would have been overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the end of regulation. So I actually added my notes in overtime. It wasn't. It was right before uh, it was tied at 27. It would have gone to overtime if the Texans didn't kick the game-winning field goal. They don't kick the game-winning field goal without Noah Brown making this catch and breaking tackles. Now motion by Boone. CJ takes the snap, throws over the middle. Hits Noah Brown, breaks a tackle 30. Get out, get Noah out. 25, Noah 20, and he's wrapped up time out, time at out. the 20-yard line. Timeout called with five seconds to go. They get the ball to Brown, and they're ready to try a field goal. Okay, so uh, people may not remember, Matt Amendola was the field goal kicker at the time for the Texans. That's right. Not a ton of, I mean, a good strong leg, but kind of all over the place. And that set up the field goal being only a 38-yarder instead of, like, 
what would have been a career long it, for Matt Amendola. Yeah, and it was however many yards after the catch there. I mean, just bulldozing his It felt like way. at least 10. He broke two tackles yeah. at least. And it wasn't like uh, – I had to go back and rewatch that just to be sure that I hadn't missed that maybe the Bengals defenders were, like, trying to hold him up, and it wasn't one bit close to that. They were uh, – they you know, to try to – evaporate clock or what have you because yep. uh, Dre's sitting there saying get down get down get down uh they had, had plenty of time plenty of time plenty, plenty of time. time five seconds plenty yeah. of time to just keep driving forward right right yeah thank uh, god he finally got tackled indeed um last one week 15 this is a case keenum game who had the game tying touchdown to send the game to overtime noah brown end zone to our right crowd revving it up 10th play of the drive texans Gotta Going get for out the equalizer. The 10 seconds on the play clock. They get out of the huddle. Third and goal at the three. Keenum in the gun. Singletary in the backfield with him. Schultz motioning to the left. Keenum to throw. Keenum scrambling to the right. Throws to the end zone. Yes. Caught touchdown, Houston. Noah Brown. Three-yard TD pass. Yes, baby. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Um, so only 10 games for Noah Brown this year. But without Noah Brown in a season where – Look, in a yeah. season where you needed a fourth down drop by a backup running back to secure your spot in the postseason, uh, Noah Brown will always be on my – if I see him, I will buy him a drink list. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Now, my list – It's pretty long. It's pretty long. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Noah Brown will be on it for sure. Uh, I wonder about that, though, too. Like, Think about some of the various Astros who have been heroes – uh, just for one year and one year alone. Yeah, I feel like that that tracks. Except that those also with the Astros that includes World Series. Here's a caveat. Right, right, right. Here's a caveat. If the Texans yeah. go on to the AFC title game, okay, if they make it further than they've ever made it in franchise history. Noah Brown is on my free drink list. Okay. Yeah. Who's the best one year acquisition from the Astros in the World Series era? That oh, that's a good question. That's a I would really, go back to 2015. Yeah, that would be a text those in. That's a seven three five seven two four six ten. Who's you your favorite? Buy, that you would buy a drink. Who's for? your favorite Astro for a year during the World Series era? Doesn't not except for 2016. Doesn't count. Yeah, but yeah, any yeah. 2015 and then 2017 through, the through present. Yeah. yeah, through the present. Your one year Astros. One year Astro. Text them in seven one three five seven two four six. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.